Hey guys, Candace Eisner here, and this week on the podcast, I wanted to talk to you about one big mistake I see a lot of health and wellness and fitness entrepreneurs making, and that is the idea that you can't really sell prevention. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast on this snowy Monday, February the 5th, or at least that's the day it is when I'm recording this. Maybe you're listening to this in the summer and it's beautiful outside and snow is a distant memory. Yeah, anyone else kind of gotten to that point in winter where you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, I kind of would like it to be warm and beautiful outside again instead of cold and minus 20. Of course, if you don't live in, say, Canada or the northern U.S. or another country that gets like a sort of a very cold winter, uh, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Or maybe you do. Maybe you grew up somewhere else or you've lived somewhere else. But uh, anyway, I digress. I'm, I'm originally from the Maritimes of Canada. I'm originally from Nova Scotia. We talk about the weather a lot. I, it, no joke. Like, if you go there, people talk about the weather like it is a really important topic of conversation. So it's just kind of in my blood, you know? Anyway, let me uh, jump right into this week's topic before I go too far afield. Um, what I wanted to talk to you guys about, as you heard in the intro, was the idea that you can't really sell prevention. And hat tip to... Um, uh, Tad Hargrave over at Marketing for Hippies for this topic because, uh, you know, I, I was uh, scrolling through social media and saw that he'd covered it. And I was like, yeah, that is a really good topic, Tad. Thanks for bringing it up. So here's my take on it, you know. So here's the thing. I know a lot of you in health and wellness and fitness try to sell the idea of prevention. So in other words, you know, like the idea of, you know, uh, you should eat these foods in order to not get sick later, or you should do these exercises in order to be strong so you won't get injured later. And that sounds great. And to someone like me, um, that does sound great. Um, but I'll get into why that sounds great for someone like me afterwards. But overall, the, ho- the take home message here is that it doesn't work as well as you might think it does. And here's why. So when you're trying to sell prevention, people aren't hungry for what it is you're trying to sell, right? Because the thing you're saying that could happen is something that, you know, it happens to someone else. It doesn't really happen to them. It's not really something that's foremost on their mind. They're not thinking about, you know, a potential future injury. They're not thinking about, you know, um, back pain that they might get five years from now. They're not thinking about the fact that there is a possibility, at least for most people, there is a possibility I could get cancer. That's something that happens to other people. I don't need to worry about that, right? So let's think about this in a broader sense. So how many people get flood insurance? Like ask yourself that question. Maybe you don't know the statistics. And I I admit, I didn't look up the statistics, but I will tell you, most of the people who get flood insurance are those who've experienced flooding in their homes before or you know in a a friend's home like they've seen it happen even if it didn't happen directly to them but it happened to somebody who they care about so it has that sort of personalized feeling to it how many people get pet insurance 
I can tell you right now, most people I know do not have pet insurance. And the reason why is because they've never had a pet go through super serious medical issues um, that they couldn't pay for. Or it might be that they're not in a financial position to afford pet insurance, but let's assume they are. Still, a lot of them do not purchase pet insurance unless they've been through the situation before. And I can tell you right now, I am one of those people. My husband and I, we had two cats prior to our current two. And they both had quite serious medical issues. But by the time they did, they were past the age where they were uh, they would have been accepted for pet insurance, the pet medical insurance. Um, they're both 10 and also they had pre-existing conditions. So they wouldn't have been accepted. Um, but our current cats who are under the age of 10, they're both seven, we do have pet insurance for them. And the reason why is because we spent a lot of money on the care for both of those previous cats with their serious medical issues. So while, you know, we definitely treat our animals like members of the family, we would never simply go, oh, you know, whatever, it's not, you know, they're not humans, we're not gonna worry about it, we're not that type at all. And, you know, respect to anybody, you know, you, you do you, I'm not gonna, you know, this podcast is not about whether or not you take care of your animals. I'm just talking about prevention here. Um, but for us, we didn't buy pet insurance until we saw how serious it can be if you have a pet that has a serious medical condition and it's hard to afford the vet bills, right? We made it work, but you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world. So now we have insurance so that if one of our pets does get quite sick, we have some help paying those, you know, those bills to the vet. Um, another example is, like how many people buy the extended warranty option on like anything that you can buy an extended warranty option on? And you know, unless you're pressured by a salesperson, that's a whole other issue. So let's pretend you weren't pressured. You know, would you buy the extended insurance? Or would you say, well, like, I'm not gonna need that. Like I'm buying, I'm just buying a printer and I've never had an issue with any printer ever. Why would I buy the extended insurance, right? So for most people, it's just not something they see that they need because they've never had a problem with it before. And again, you know, just like the pet example or the flooding example, you might buy it if you've actually had the problem before. And here's, okay, so here's another example. Finally, you guys are like, okay, like, but none of these are like medical and health and wellness. Like, I get what you're talking about, but like, what about, like, why are you talking about this in terms of what we do for a living? Well, okay, here's an example that's actually medical. How many people really heed their doctor's advice on things like diet and exercise when it's just framed as something like you need to do to prevent the possibility of something? So like, for example, if you went to your doctor and your doctor told you you need to change your diet to prevent like heart disease, cardiovascular disease, right? Or if your doctor told you you need to increase your calcium and vitamin D intake to reduce your risk of osteoporosis as well as like doing exercises and such. You know, not as many as you might think. Like you might think, you know, your doctor telling you these things would make you take action. But I know an awful lot of people who kind of go, yeah, whatever, you know, I don't want to have to do that. It's, you know, it's not something I see as being a big problem in my future. My test results are fine right now. I don't, I'm not just not going to do that, right? Because people are hesitant to buy into something they, if they aren't going to see results from it, or they're not going to get the benefit from it immediately. Like they're not going to see the benefit immediately, right? Because that's just human nature. We know we could be at risk for something. It is a possibility. But why spend the money on a product or service to help prevent it? Because isn't that just throwing money away since you might not get the thing they're talking about anyway? 
And besides, we always tend to tell ourselves making big lifestyle changes like changing your diet or exercising more, that kind of thing, is a, it's a pain in the butt. Don't people who eat super healthy and exercise and do everything right according to the so-called experts get cancer and sick and die anyway, right? So here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'm trying to really get at for you guys because, you know, I talk about marketing here, right? This is That's like most of what I talk about on the podcast is how to prevent... Uh, sorry, how to promote. <laughs> Clearly, we're talking about prevention. So that's the first word that came out of my mouth. Um, how to promote yourself in a way that is authentic for you, that is heart-centered, that feels right for you, right? So the truth is, with your marketing, you have to identify a pain point that people are having and then show clearly how what you are offering helps them with that pain point. And a pain point is not, oh, you might get cancer in the future, unless you're a certain type of person, which like I said, I'll get to that in a minute. So preventing a thing that could happen, but maybe isn't going to happen, we don't know. That isn't a pain point for most people, you know, they just don't see enough reason to invest in it, whether it's time or money or effort. They have a tendency to think that, oh, that couldn't happen to me. Even if deep down, you know, it could. We like to ignore the difficult things in our life. I mean, be honest with yourself. How many times do you ignore stuff like that, right? Whether it's the pet insurance example, the uh, flooding insurance example, or the doctors, you know, telling you you need to do this, that, and the other thing example, right? How many times do you do something like that? Yeah, there are some people who do see the value in prevention. That is true. But in most of those cases, those have people have experienced the problem in the past, either personally or via a loved one. So this is what I've been hinting at and maybe mentioned, or well, I did actually mention a few times already. So for example, if a loved one has a heart attack or dies of heart disease, you may suddenly feel motivated to get to the gym and eat more healthy. And, you know, do all those things that they tell you you should be doing so hopefully you don't end up having a heart attack and having major heart disease, right? If you experienced depression before, and those of you who know me know that I am one of those people, you know, you'd be more interested in seeking out solutions to help your mental health long term and not just in the moment when you feel depressed, right? So you don't ever go back into that dark, awful place again because, I can tell you anyone who's experienced that doesn't want to go into that place. But if you've never experienced it, it's going to be a harder sell. You know, if you're helping people who have had, um, or you're helping people prevent depression, let's say, your audience, your target audience is going to be people who have experienced it before and don't want to go back into that place. It's not going to be people who've never, well, maybe like 1% is going to be people who, um, you know, have never experienced it before. It's just not that many people are going to invest in it. Um, Another example is like, if you've broken a bone and your doctor tells you that you have low low bone mass or low bone density, depending on, you know, what what, uh, the test is called in your area, and you know that was a contributing factor, you're going to be way more likely to invest your time and money in an osteoporosis prevention plan. So, you know, like I mentioned before, taking your vitamins and doing your exercises and all that stuff. So you hopefully don't uh, get worse and get more broken bones. But it's because you've experienced it before that it becomes important to you. So here's the thing, you know, if you're going to sell prevention, 
you have to come at it from that angle, or at least that's that's what I strongly recommend you to do, right? So helping people prevent something from happening again, or you can go at it from the angle like, you know, you can go at it from the sort of a bit more of an extreme angle, like saying, you know, it's happened to your family, it could happen to you too, but uh, I personally, I don't feel a connection to that. I feel like that's a little bit weird to market yourself that way. I think it makes more sense to go back to the individual person and say, you know, you've had injuries before. Let me help you stop getting re-injured. You've had a broken bone before. Let me help you with a great uh, diet and uh, exercise program. So hopefully that won't happen again. That kind of angle, the angle where it's happened to people, now you want to help them prevent it happening a second or third or fourth time, you know? And just while we're on this topic, this is a little bit of an aside, but for those of you who are Canadian massage therapists or uh, Canadian um, physiotherapists or working in any healthcare profession who uh, have coverage by private health insurance plans, this is big part of the reason why you get that huge influx of people right around the end of the year every year. Now, you might be thinking, well, no, but like, what's that have to do with prevention? Well, here's the thing. People don't necessarily see a big reason to see you the rest of the year. That Some people, that is. Obviously, lots of people see the the importance of what you do and the work that you do, right? But some people just don't. Because you haven't addressed a pain point for them that they need to have solved regularly. So they don't bother, you know. There's many other things they can be doing with their time and money. They don't need to go for regular massages or regular physio or regular osteopathy or, you know, whatever it is you do that's covered by private health insurance. But at the end of the year, the pain point you're addressing is the fact that they're losing out on their finger quotes here, guys, free treatments. Now, of course, those free treatments are actually paid for by insurance. And actually, this use up your insurance benefits thing is kind of a, it's kind of a gray area because to tell you the truth, that's not really what they're for. They're there if people need the health care. They're not there for people to simply use up at the end of the year. But anyway, that's a whole other topic for another time. So I'm going to leave that there. But This is why you get people suddenly very interested in booking in at the end of the year, even if they don't really have a physical reason to do so, other than, you know, they might be booking for massages because they they can validly say they feel stressed, um, which is great. That's not that's not a bad reason. That's a good reason. Um, But I, I see people booking in for all the different medical professions at the end of the year in order to, quote unquote, use up their insurance because their pain point is they're losing something that they really wish that they had used. You know, the, the big thing here is nothing's changed with them at all. Nothing is different other than the fact that they feel this pressure all of a sudden to use up their health insurance. And maybe it's because a friend mentioned it to them. Maybe it's because they've done it in the past and they felt it really valuable and then they forgot about it until the end of the year, whatever it is. But suddenly they didn't have a pain point and then boom, they did have a pain point. So let's close this off for this week. You know, I have a challenge for all of you, basically. It's that If you are selling a prevention type service, so that is how you've been marketing yourself right now. You've been saying, you know, I like I like I talked about before, prevent pain before it happens or prevent osteoporosis before you get it or whatever it might be. 
Is there another way you can shift that so that it does address a pain point that people actually have? Or can you shift things completely to address a pain point rather than talking about prevention itself, right? Because if you do that, that's going to get a lot more people in the door. It's going to help people see immediately how you can help them. And it's much more valuable to most people than, you know, you can prevent X, Y, or Z, you know. And like I said, if it's a if you're going to sell prevention, if that's what you need to do, if that's just what's in your heart and what's really important to you, okay. But try to think of it as selling a recurrence of an issue rather than an issue that's never happened. Because for most people, they're simply not going to have that resonate with them and they're just not going to book an appointment. All right, guys, that's it for this Monday's topic. It's really great to be back with you guys again with new topics. Um, As always, if you would like to chat about the topics that I am talking about, you can reach me at Candice at Nixie, N-Y-X-I-E dot C-A. Or you can find me on Instagram at happylittlebiz and, uh, you know, send me a DM and I'd be happy to chat with you. And finally, before I sign off, if you have any uh, topics you'd like me to talk about on the podcast, I am totally open to that. I I promise I am not the type of person who will just ignore your messages and not write back to you. I really do try to respond to every single email or inquiry I get, even if I, you know, even if my answer is, you know, that's great, but no, I still try to talk to people, you know. I, I really like conversing with you guys and uh, hearing your thoughts and um, learning from you too, because that's that's all part of it, right? So, all right, enjoy your day and I'll be back with you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I really do appreciate your time and your efforts. The times that you guys contact me with ideas for the podcast or comments about episodes or ratings and reviews, all of that, I really love it. I read all of it. I do really appreciate you guys. Um, By the way, if you would like to leave me a formal review, of course, I would really appreciate that. Head on over to iTunes, find my podcast, so Life Beyond the Massage Table, click on ratings and reviews, and then just give me a rating and a review. Five stars, of course, and a glowing review. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. You know, let me know what you really think, but I do appreciate five stars as well. Let's be real here. Now, for you guys that might be new to the podcast, let me briefly introduce myself here. My name is Candace Eisner, and I am a former massage therapist in the province of Ontario, and I've also worked in various other health and wellness careers. So I've got a pretty good view of what it's like to do what you guys do. My mission right now is to help those in health, wellness, and fitness careers build strong businesses because I really believe to my core that taking care of others has to start with taking care of you. So that's what this podcast is all about, is helping you build a business that really matches who you are and what you value and what's important to you so that you feel happy when you go to work each day. You feel like this career is the right one for you, that everything just works so much better for your life. Now, before I finish off and let you guys get about, you know, go about your day, I will mention where you can find me on social media if you would like to. The main place you can interact with me if you'd like to just chat or see what I'm posting about or, you know, get on my newsletter list or any of that kind of stuff, find me on Instagram. Um, Happy Little Biz is my username. Or, of course, you can head over to my website, happylittlebiz.com, and there's links to all that stuff there. All right, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll be back at you soon.